This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. And I would like to welcome our crack strategy panel for our first session of 2020. So great to see you all. Happy New Year. And top of mind today, the ramifications of the tragedy of Flight 752. Our investigators are now on the ground in Iran. And the latest development is that there is an announcement of the arrest of an unspecified number of people who are deemed responsible. Can we have confidence in anything that is happening over there? I think that's a pretty good question. And what about Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's response so far? Take a listen. I think if there were no uh, tensions, if there was no uh, escalation recently in the region, uh, those uh, Canadians would be right now home with their families. Uh, This is something that happens when you have conflict and war. Innocents bear the brunt of it. So these are just a few of the questions that we will explore. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Let's begin with our panel. John Capobianco, Senior Vice President and Senior Partner, Fleischman Hillard High Road. Karen Stintz, former City Councilor and current CEO of Variety Village and Charles Bird. Managing Principal of Earnscliff Strategy Group in Toronto. Hi, welcome to you all. Thank you, Libby. Nice to be here. Yeah, good to be here, Libby. Hello. Hello. Uh, so let's start with these arrests. Or So the, the, this is what Iran said that they've done, that they have arrested people responsible. What do you make of that? Well, I'm not sure what to make of it, to be honest with you, Libby. I'm not sure what to make of anything that comes out of Iran. Um, and, you know, we've seen in the past how um, the the false information that comes from that uh, from that country uh, uh, runs rapid. So I don't know what to make of it. I think the key thing, though, uh, from our perspective is that I, I think, and I give credit where the credit is due, I think the Prime Minister's handled it well. I, I think from his tone, the fact that he's out there, um, um, you know, talking to the families that were uh, that uh, that were affected by this, I think is is a good step. Um, I'm not sure that that we're going to get any specific answers from Iran, uh, given the fact that we've cut diplomatic diplomatic ties from Iran for for a number of years. But the fact that we've got investigators in there is a good sign, because at one point we they, we believed that we weren't going to get any uh, investigators inside; that it was going to be done purely by by Iran. But I guess that was before they admitted that they they had made a mistake, and they have since then done that. Uh, I think we need to keep the pressure on. I think families need to have closure. They need to know what exactly happened. And more importantly, uh, those who are responsible pay the price in one way or another. And if they're being incarcerated, that's great. But who knows if they are. And until Iran lets us know and, and, and shows us names and pictures of people behind bars, we're never going to know if that's the case or not. And and what the situation is. Karen, uh, do you agree that the Prime Minister is handling this well? Well, you know, I, I think that it's always in uh, our interest, in the national interest, to, to um, portray calm in the face of all of the other upset that's occurring. Um, although I, I do think that Justin Trudeau has 
legitimate reason to be really frustrated with the United States of America because we continue to get involved in their foreign policy and it continues to be bad for Canadians. When we arrested the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the CEO of Huawei yeah. and now, now we've got two Canadians rotting in a Chinese prison, we don't know what's happening to them. Now we don't even know that that President Trump is going to take this action and bond this um, senior, uh, you know, ed- Iranian official. Iranian official, and then all of a sudden now we've got fifty-seven Canadians that are dead, and and we're not part of any of those decisions, and yet Canadians are bearing the brunt of those we're decisions. We're not even informed. We're not even informed of them about those decisions, though. Uh, you know, you could argue there's there's nothing that we could have done about it. There's nothing we could have done about it potentially, but being aware of it, certainly we could have then issued our own advisories to Canadians traveling in Iran that maybe they don't want to get on a plane. <laughs> but, well, you know, and why were the planes allowed to take off? And also, well, yeah, and if the Iranians, the reason I think Iran Iran is taking the actions that they're taking around arresting these these individuals is because the Iranian people are frustrated that the Iranians mm-hmm. bombed military U.S. military sites and there were no injuries, and yet Iranian people are, are being blown out of the sky. Well. To me, this is totally uh, something that is being done for internal consumption. I think these riots in Iran are extremely serious. I mean, mm-hmm. I think the potential to take down that regime, because don't forget, before all this happened, there were demonstrations in the streets, and according to some reports, and I don't know what to believe, anything in terms of numbers coming out of Iran, but up to 1,500 people killed by the regime for demonstrating, uh, and that was interrupted with the assassination of Soleimani. But now it's turned into this, where people are really angry. And Charles Byrd, I mean, you know, there are some people who believe, I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but there are people who don't believe that this downing of this plane was exactly an error. Um, I I tend to differ from that view. What's happened in Iran with the Republican Guard effectively shooting down a, a passenger flight, a domestic flight, or rather, a, a, you know, clearly a, a commercial flight is disastrous. I mean, you think about what happened to the Russians in terms of the shooting down of Malaysian Airline 17 over the Ukraine, and they denied all responsibility, even though it was widely known that it was Russian militants who'd uh, uh, effectively shot shot the plane out of the sky, and Russia became something of an international pariah overnight, and it's a status that they seem intent on clinging to. And so I think the Iranians realize that this notion of mechanical uh, problems as being the the result uh, resulting in the crash of the plane just wasn't sustainable. And it, it's, it's ironic, but one of the motivating factors may have been that Donald Trump may not have shaken them off their position with regards to what happened to that plane, but the International Civil Aviation Organization, which is responsible for for commercial travel and international travel, were actually in a position, if Iran had failed to turn over the black box, had failed to be forthcoming in terms of evidence, would have been in a position to cut off Iran's international flights, and likely would not have hesitated to do so, just given the the, the sheer number of casualties. And, And so it's ironic that an international body may be responsible for Iran's turnaround. Well, yeah, except, uh, you know, the evidence has been completely tampered with. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There, there, nothing, to your point, Libby, nothing coming out of that country we can believe. Yeah. 
And, and quite frankly, I think that, and, and Karen had mentioned earlier, I think there was that, that civil unrest that's happening uh, and the pressure that's been put on from their, from their own citizens, I think, yeah. was huge in amount of, of, of pressure. But also the, the, the films and, and the data that came back that showed that there's no possible yeah. way mm-hmm. that it was done anything. And quite frankly, uh, it, was, it was a sin to, our, to, to Ukrainians um, and the pilots and, and the servers to say that, that, that they was a fault mm-hmm. that they did. And I think that causes even more uh, consternation amongst, uh, amongst Ukrainians, quite rightly, uh, when there was at least that blame that they were the ones that caused the accident. Uh, yeah, but it was, so the, the question is, you know, who, who author, obviously was Iran that offer, authorized the flight? And yeah. there were flights that went before and flights that went after on that day. And it defies belief to think that some you know, independent people from the regime made the decision to shoot down this plane. Like, someone in the regime had to have known, had to have known. Because well, these yeah. actors, they, 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 they wouldn't have taken independent action against the regime. And they would never let the flight leave to, to begin with. If they knew, they knew that they were getting, they were getting some, some, uh, some action from the U.S., they would have actually canceled all flights from any airport around that area. And the fact that they didn't was also telling. Well, um, there's a lot of chaos there, and they have a, a bunch of different militias, guards, uh, who, you know, you have to wonder what the internal communications is like. But somebody, you know, if you believe their story, which is that they, they took it, mistook it for a Someone made a mistake. Missile, yeah. uh, you know, those aren't decisions that you have a long time to make. But this goes it's, with warfare, Libby. I mean, yeah. this goes with, you know, missiles and attacks across borders. I mean, it, it heightens tension. It heightens people's tendency to make fundamental mistakes in terms of deciding, you know, what are we looking at? Are we looking at a commercial aircraft? or Are we looking at an incoming attack? And, you know, I, I personally think the Prime Minister has been note perfect on this file uh, in terms of his emotional response, in terms of how forthcoming he's been with regards to information, in terms of putting forward Canada's demands. People don't... He, he was also very quick to denounce the Iranian attack attacks against various installations in Iraq, which is something that a lot of folks, uh, I'm not sure, saw. But he's he's acting like a player on the world stage, and, and this is kind of the guy we elected in 2015, and it's very good to see. Uh, yeah, um, I guess the part of the question is, is what comes next in, in all of this? It's uh, He's also warned the families that this is going to be a very long and drawn-out process because they now have to do identify through DNA mm-hmm. and everything was removed from that site. I know that there are very sophisticated methods of doing that, but but this just prolongs the agony for people who are affected. Well, well yeah. I was just going to say yeah. that this this is exactly the problem that I think we face. The fact that we've got investigators there is is good, but but what kind of information are they going to get? What kind of access are they going to get to the information they need to require? And quite frankly, the equipment that normally that normally goes when, when it comes to plane crashes and the sophistication, is it going to be there? Are they going to allow them to be able to bring them in? All of those questions are going to be uh, are still unanswered, and then that's where I think the issue of the timing comes in. We don't know when that's going to happen, and what kind of resistance we're going to get from from Iranians once once they're well, there. And the Iranians don't recognize dual passports. Yeah. So the fact that they, they so they're saying I think only five Canadians were killed when it was, yeah, when it was much much yeah. greater. But they're not recognizing yeah. that there were Canadian citizens, and so there's no urgency on their end to even help these families get 
any closure with their loved ones, Gee, their lost loved a, ones. You'd think, think a theocratic autocracy would be more open and forthcoming with the facts of uh, this event. But the reality is that a good number of the facts are already on the table. I mean, Iran has acknowledged that it was one of their missiles that took down the commercial airliner. And um, on the, the details, whether it's conspiracy theories, whether it's the process of providing comfort for the families of, of the victims, I mean, those are things that need to be worked through and deserve to be pursued vigorously. But the case is on the table. I mean, Iran has shot down a commercial aircraft and, and killed a lot of innocent people. Of their people. own people. Of and, their own people. And Canadians that they and Ukrainians and English and, yeah. and Swedish and so forth. Well, I mean, you know, to your point, Karen, I would think that they would consider a lot of the family members of their people. Their people as yeah. well. Yeah. And, and that's why we are seeing what we're seeing in the streets of Iran. Now, you know, I, there's two... I think quite diametrically opposed takes on Canada in all of this. So one one says, and these are from people generally who are still angry at Stephen Harper, they say it was a mistake for Canada to cut relations and we would be in a better position if we had not done so. That's on the one hand. On the other hand, there are people calling for Canada to designate the Revolutionary Guards as a terrorist organization. Mm -hmm. So are either of those things something that we should do, John? Well, we should have done, quite frankly, some time ago uh, with respect to, the, to naming them as a terrorist group. Um, but, but you know, whatever, what happens in Iran has always been that kind of issue, quite frankly, in the Middle East uh, when it comes to those issues. But um, right now, I think people just need to focus on um, making sure that the families get the peace and, and the closure that they deserve, uh, given the fact that, that it was a terrible accident. And, and um, uh, quite frankly, I don't know how... Um, anybody's going to be able to uh, to come to some sort of closure after this kind of an incident. But I think that's the, for, the first and foremost, what, what families want and what they expect from governments, quite frankly, now. Mm-hmm. I, I, to be, I, I think the situation is so volatile right now that the best option for Canada is just to wait and see how the dust settles before we take a strong position either way. Uh, probably it would have been in our interest to, to reestablish ties with the Iranian government, particularly to keep track of the nuclear proliferation and, and that program, but we didn't. And so to do so now, uh, to, to comment on it now after the fact, I don't know is helpful, but whether we want to go to the extreme of calling them a terrorist group, I'm not sure that that's going to help get those families their closure that they need. Charles? I, I agree with John. I, I think the priority of the Canadian government needs to be the families of the victims and providing whatever support the government can, and we, which we as fellow Canadians can provide. But the reality is there's no support that's going to fill the holes in their heart. I mean, it's, a, it's an absolutely tragic event. And, you know, we, we haven't talked much about the assassination of General Soleimani, who seems to be at the very core of, of everything that has transpired since. Um, and there are legitimate concerns being expressed um, in the United States and elsewhere as to the motivation of President Trump. I mean, I, I think most sane people can agree that the world is probably better off without Soleimani than it, yes, than it is with agree. him floating around. But at the same time, there is a very, very delicate balance in the Middle East and in, in regions like the Middle East where there are a lot of players, there's a lot of uncertainty. And, you know, for the president to have weighed in and decided, uh, uh, on the basis of a sort of preemptory action to take out this uh, 
uh, leading Iranian official months before a presidential election, I mean, begs the question, is this Donald Trump serving his own political interests? I know that'll drive some of your listeners crazy. Well, but, they're, uh, they're already, even before you said this, mm-hmm. they're, uh, we will get to you momentarily, people, by the way, uh, that, that they're taking what was said before as blaming Trump, though I didn't hear anybody here blame. We, we're blaming Trump for not giving Canada a heads up. And he did not do that, but nobody is, I didn't hear anybody blaming Trump for everything that happened. And what the prime minister said was Mm -hmm. stuff like this is more likely to happen in a a situation of escalating tensions and, and war. And again, I think there is also some responsibility on the part of the airlines to say how we're canceling that flight. Mm-hmm. You know, if you travel on Air Canada, as I do, they cancel flights for all the time. Yeah. flimsier reasons <laughs> Libby, than that. Libby, the irony is that the airlines may have been unaware that the Iranians had launched attacks against Iraqi installations. I mean, this is this is not something that is made public at the minute it happens. And remember but that was, Iranians don't within, necessarily have access to CNN and other news organizations was, that we it was long enough before that they they yeah. would have known, or they would shut down the airport at the very least, or, or at least at least c- yeah. cancel all flights from going out. But but the back to the Trump. Uh, question, I think, Libby, and that is um, it's hard to determine what's real and what's not coming from that because you know, when you heard from him, the president when he when he first made a statement, it was based on imminent activity yeah, now, against the embassies and that this Soleimani was the, was, the, was the architect of all that kind of stuff and they had their chance to shoot at him and, and get rid of him and I think yeah. that's one of the things that they assess and the president has every right to assess. The issue is now there's in question whether or not there was an imminent threat or not at the embassies. And, well, I and think the defense secretary there says there is not. There was he, not. Or, right. and, did not and, see and some, some embassy officials are saying that they never heard that there was an imminent but threat as well. But and that's the that's the thing that's causing problems here. And and we've lost that trusted advisor status where the president picks up the phone and calls our prime minister and says, "By the way, here's what's going on. What do you think?" We don't have that anymore. And now he he acts unilaterally. And remember, well, the Canadians I, I have troops that, on the ground right, in yeah, Iraq. Yeah, we, are in right? Iraq. we were under attack, and we got no heads up. In fact, I, I, Congress didn't get a heads up. The only country that did get a heads up was Israel. Um, by the way, I'm, I'm not sure that even when we got a heads up, it was, what do you think? No, yeah. it was, by yeah. the way. It was, by the way. This is what yeah. happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I, I'm not sure about that. I, I want to just... Um, clarify one more thing before we we take our callers who are waiting patiently. So we saw this tweet, a tweet storm by Michael McCain of McCain Mm -hmm. Foods, basically blaming the Americans. And um, some people say, obviously, it's authentic and courageous because he's got business in the U.S. and this might not do him any good. Do, Do you have thoughts on that? Well, I mean, boycott Maple Leaf is already trending on Twitter. It's it's a, it's certainly a courageous act on the part of Mr. McCain to come out and call the president of the United States a quote-unquote narcissist. Whether it's appropriate for any corporate leader to be using the the company Twitter account to do so is is something of an open question. But I think, like the prime minister's comments with regards to um, the the overall dynamic and the raising of tensions, I think Mr. McCain is giving genuine voice to an enormous degree of frustration and anger that that Canadians feel over over what's transpired. And it also ties in with just a a general sense, and there's no nice way to put this, that President Trump is a habitual liar who will resort to any means to further his own ambitions, even if they happen to be above those of the United States or the United States allies. Well, and also, 
I mean, it begs the question. I mean, he's not a politician. He's not in the public eye. He's using his account. It's a corporate yeah. account, but it's also him because they're one and the same. Yeah. And, you know, he's, he actually, one of his employees experienced a loss on that plane. So he's not removed from the tragedy at all. He's actually, and he's actually, I think, voicing what a lot of us are thinking. And so he has the right to say it and people have the right to disagree with it. But I I don't think we should move to a place where he can't even express it. Yeah. I I mean, if if he were a hired manager as opposed to the heir, I I don't think. Yeah. 100 percent. He he wouldn't he wouldn't be doing that. But he is the heir. Yeah. And and he's a private. He's not a politician. He doesn't represent a specific party or or a government in in some ways. He's he's his own. He represents a company that he owns. And and it's his family name. Obviously, he's got that opinion. And he obviously has weighed the consequences. There's no question Mm -hmm. that that his team, if he's if he consulted his team, what is it? I'm going to do this. And they're going to say, well, you know what the ramifications are when you go after Trump, you're going to get a lot of backlash. And I think he weighed that option. People who eat potatoes. Well, right. the heart and soul. You know, but he's saying what a lot of us think. Yeah, he's like, a neat guy. Yeah. But anyway, so I think that was something that he obviously had to do. But to Karen's point, I think as a private citizen, he's allowed to say what he wants to say. But he obviously has to weigh the, the ramifications of it. Okay. People have been waiting patiently. Let's get to them. Sam in Toronto. Hi, Sam. LB, uh, good to have you back. Thank good you. Good to have you back. And, um, well, first of all, I want to tell uh, your uh, respected um, panel, yep. Courageous. Being, uh, calling this person, Mr. McCain, the uh, CEO of uh, whatever, this company, Courageous, is kind of ironic. Courageous are those thousands and thousands of young Iranian women and men facing death, protesting ideological Islamist regime. Those are the courageous people. They know who is at fault. They are the ones who are the judge, judge of the nature of this regime. They themselves are saying, you are at fault, yet we are putting water in the Mullah propaganda system, you know, which is many in the U.S. and Canadian media, they have exported their lobbies all over um, North America, and we are just uh, doing their talking points. That's basically what it is. We are doing their talking points, and when it comes to false equivalency, you know, who is, nobody is defending Trump. Nobody is defending Trump, okay, for whatever political reason. What we are saying is basically... Facing a regime, if you want to use time machine and say ifs and buts, ifs and buts, we can go back. I can play this game, as I said. I can go back to 1979 and say, why did you take 52 hostages, okay, at Canadian Health Release? Why did you kill 241 American Marines in Beirut by bomb, via you militia? Why did you kill thousands of Iranian dissidents in jails? You know, we can go back and say why, why, ifs and buts. But what is the fact is what is on the ground right now. What is on the ground right now? Who pulled the trigger? Iranians pulled the trigger. Trump did not even retaliate against Iranian missiles when it had beat back. Trump simply killed a terrorist. You see in the videos, like Iranians are like putting his, uh, you know, I've been watching this. I've been following Iranian situation because I'm Iranian. Yep. So I know, I know what's going on in Iran. I know that many, many, maybe there is 15 percent support for the regime through militia families and, you know, the Sayyids and Islamists. But the rest of the people want out. They want out of this. Rather than help them uh, bring their voice outside and try to uh, use them as a point of freedom for them to get their freedom back, we are, like, bec- uh, we are becoming voice of mullahs, basically. We are just telling, oh, okay, gaslighting the whole situation. Mullahs, well, they're kind of at fault, but they're not totally at fault. And this is the game that mullah propaganda has been doing for the last 40 years. You know, oh. that's why our media 
you know, usually takes sides with power, sides with oil money. And that's what's going on. Okay, Sam. Thanks for your call. Thank you. Okay. Let's go to Ron in Guelph. Hi, Ron. Hi. uh, Thanks for taking my call. Well, I couldn't agree more with the previous caller. I'm not an Iranian. I mean, I follow enough of what's been going over the years. And, yes, the courageous people are the ones that are still there fighting the regime. I'm not, uh, I'm not a Trump fan, not the least, uh, but I honestly believe there was enough intelligence out there that uh, there was a reason why that they should take out. They tried. They wanted to take out his second-in-command, but that didn't succeed, right? Yeah, there was, uh, there was uh, somebody else they targeted in Yemen that didn't succeed. And they didn't get that person. So uh, I'm more upset that I'm questioning Trudeau's motives, why he would, you know, go after the, the, the president the way he did. Is he trying to, you know, make the Iranians a little bit more agreeable to giving us results? After the for president. The family satisfaction of the families. We I, don't know I didn't that. hear Trudeau go after the president. Well, he went after, well, in a, in a way he certainly did. He's blaming mm-hmm. the, the U.S. and for... Um, for escalating the situation for, from what it was, and and yet uh, what was going to be the answer? Were, the, were they going to allow the uh, Iranians to kill more people, even outside Iran? So, anyway, that's where I'm coming from. I'm questioning some of Trudeau's motives as to why he would all of a sudden um, pick a fight with Trump and the U.S. So, Okay, thanks, Ron. Thanks, bye. Okay, I have to say I don't interpret what he said as as taking a fight, but maybe saying uh, we're not your doormat. Yeah. Well, there there are some that think that that the prime minister did go and say you know it was based on the escala- escalation of yeah. of military force as a result of the of Trump's action without basically saying or mentioning yeah. the president's name. So there's some that say that that was a bit too far. Although he was he skirted the line, I think, with respect to actually blaming him. Not, he hasn't gone certainly as far as the Democrats, who basically some Democrats have said in the U.S. that it was Trump's fault uh, as a result of, of, uh, of killing Soleimani that, that, that resulted in the action that caused the, the plane crash, although a lot of them have, have walked that back. But look, at, at the end of the day, when you, when you take one terrorist out, that, that, that who has killed thousands and maimed thousands, uh, we're a better place for it. Uh, yeah. Okay, uh, we're basically out of time. Uh, oh. I'm sure we're going to be following through this. But but Charles, you have something to say? Please go ahead. You know, I, I go back to the assassination of Soleimani. Um, he was widely reported to be a potential successor to President Rouhani in in Iran. And you know, you could you could raise a number of questions with regards to why not Rouhani? Why not some of the senior Muslim clerics? And I guess the, the, the point of what I'm saying is that when you make these kinds of strategic decisions, they always have very real implications. And in this case, we've seen them borne out in, in an, an entirely tragic way that's very particular to Canadians. And obviously, the the Prime Minister did not make reference to the United States. He referred to a heightening of tensions, and I think everyone knows who he was talking about, right? And, and this, again, is, I think, a successful um, way of giving voice to what a lot of Canadians are thinking and saying. Okay, Karen, uh, you get the last word. I get the last word. Uh, you know, I, again, I don't think that, um, I mean, we all can agree that there's one less bad guy in the world, and that's a good thing. But that being said, um, we don't have a good reason as to why this action happened when it happened. And there is also not good evidence to suggest the Allies were brought in to figure out how we, 
uh, guard against the unintended consequences of when you take out a high-ranking military official. And so, you know, everyone can, you know, clap their hands and say, oh, great, Trump took out a bad guy. But, you know, the weapons of mass destruction came back to haunt us in a serious way because we went in and took out another bad guy uh, with false information or not full information or not fully understanding the implications of taking out that bad guy. So, you know, I don't think that that is justification enough to be candid for the situation we now have. Okay. Uh, a lot more to talk about on this, but right now we are out of time. Thank you so much, Charles Bird, Karen Stintz, and John Capobianco. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.